Well, good morning, and uh, let me be the fourth person to say Happy New Year to you all. And I, I love the fact that, uh, that I get an introduction here, and uh, what a hype man, Tom Wing, you are. So, so thank, you, thank you for that. And, and I'm, I'm glad to be able to share God's Word with you today, and, uh, and I've been so appreciative of what the elders have, uh, their support for me as I, as I go through this process. And, and, and I, don't, I don't know if you've ever pre- prepared a sermon. It's not easy to prepare a sermon. So they have to do this in, week in and week out. And I, I have so much respect for, for what they do week in and week out. I'm, I promise I'm going to pay more attention to what you guys talk about this year. That is my resolution uh, for, for this year. So, so the title of my message today is Jesus One Anxiety Zero. Now, uh, you may see that title, and you, you might think I actually misspelled one, I used the wrong one, like your and your, but it's, 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 it's actually intentional, because 2016 was rough, wasn't it, for, for some of us, for a lot of us? I, I look on Facebook, and I see a lot of these posts that say, uh, I can't wait till 2016 is over. So many different things are going on, I, I just want 2017 to begin, and, and as a matter of fact, if you look up the most Googled search for the state of California, it was why 2016 was the worst. And that's for just the state of California. So a lot of anxiety, a lot of things that are oppressing on our minds. And and what I want to tell and declare to you by the word of God today is that Jesus won. Jesus won not only over sin and death and hell, but he's won over our anxiety. So we can be victorious today in our thinking. We can be victorious over our circumstances, not for anything that we've done, but for what Jesus has done. So that's why we say today, even though anxiety may have won over 2016 for you, Jesus won anxiety zero. So, so with that, my, pur- my purpose today is very simple. It's to declare that Jesus is the solution to our anxiety problems. Now, I'm going to unpack that a little bit more, uh, so you know, don't leave just yet. There's, there's more to it than, than what we're going to talk about. And as I was studying these verses that uh, Tom read, I'm going to focus on verses 6 through 8 today specifically, I felt like there were so many connections to other parts of Scripture. I felt like one of those conspiracy theorists that um, this connects to something in Isaiah, this connects to something in Luke. And so, so I, I, I'm feeling like that and. and there's so much to be studied in this passage. So I encourage you guys, as, as we get through this passage, that it should be a springboard for more study, if, especially if you're struggling in the area of anxiety. And, and Matt preached this a couple months ago. It was, uh, it was on pressure, it was on stress. And, and I want to re- re- reiterate some of the points that he made, uh, and I want to add on to some of the things that he said. And he talked about um, Jesus winning the battle for us. Jesus won so that we can rejoice, as, as Tom mentioned before. Philippians, in, in case you're not familiar, it's a good book to read when you're stressed. So if you're going through something, read the entire book of Philippians. I, I, uh, I put it on... Um, um, to, to read to me while I'm in the car, and it's about a 20-minute read. It's a, it's a great read, and it's also known as the book of joy. And just a couple other things about this text before we jump into it. Paul wrote this while he was locked up. He was in prison. He was attached to a guard. He was also wrongfully accused, and he was on, on death row as well. And, and quite frankly, Paul's been through some stuff, and you read this in 2 Corinthians 11. It, it says that he was beaten. He was flogged. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned with rocks. He was stoned with rocks. I, I said that to my wife, and she's like, what? Oh, you talking? Never mind. Uh, and he was also robbed as well. 
So he's a little bit more than qualified to talk about anxiety, and he was also very joyful in those circumstances. So he walked the walk. So, so let's go ahead and uh, let's uh, bring up the next slide. Uh, we're going to do these slides manually. Normally, they, they, uh, they do it automatically, but I kind of messed up. So, so let's go ahead and bring up the next slide. We, we, we read this verse before, um, but I want to focus on the last part of uh, verse 5, which says, the Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything. I'm gonna, we're going to try to break these uh, these verses apart. So when we say the Lord is at hand, and, and Matt mentioned this last time, it means that the Lord is near. Now, uh, a week ago, we, we celebrated Christmas, and one of the, the names that Jesus um, is known for in, in the prophecy is, is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I wonder for us, for you, if you remember that outside of Christmas, that God is with us, God is with you, God is near, he's at hand. It's very easy uh, sometimes in our circumstances to not believe that. Our perspective will tell us that he stopped caring for us, but the reality is he's near. So I want you to remember that because awareness of the Lord's presence, wherever you are, is going to help you respond to your situations differently. So if you're anxious and you're aware of his presence, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make that situation uh, be a little bit different. So let's talk about don't be anxious about anything. What's that word actually mean, anxious? So some synonyms are, let's go to the next slide, are distracted, worried, cares, concerns. But literally, it's being pulled apart in different directions. So if, if you have kids, you always tell them to, to share, you know, this, this piece of food. So they're actually pulling it apart, especially like a pizza pie. They're dividing it apart. You ever feel like that for your heart, your heart, your thoughts, and your minds? They're just being pulled in all different directions. Now, now for me, uh, when, when we moved here from New Jersey, uh, so just picture this, and I hope this doesn't give you anxiety because it gave me a lot of anxiety. Uh, you have to pack up all your stuff, move to a place that you don't, you don't have any friends in, and find a place to live, find someone to take over your, your, uh, your place in New Jersey, and you got to do that in like a month. So, so a little bit of stress, a lot of anxiety there. So, so I, can, I can definitely relate to, uh, to, to this passage. So it says, don't be anxious. I'm being pulled apart here. And this, this, this word anxious is also referenced in the book of Luke, chapter 10. And we can go to the, the next slide for that. Um, and it's the story of Mar Mary and Martha. Some of you know this, and I would encourage you to, again, study this a little bit more in depth. And I'll, I'll summarize this, uh, this, uh, pa uh, this story for you. Jesus goes into a town, and he uh, and, and Mary, Mary Martha's house, Martha invites him in, and he, he's there, he's, he's hanging out, he's chilling, and he's talking to Mary. He's teaching Mary, and Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, as you can see in this picture right here. And Martha, Martha, Martha. She's, uh, so if you, if you had relatives over, you, you, know, you know what I'm talking about, right? So you can't just, you know, like, you, can't, you, you have that one person that's just watching TV, and you have the one person who's, like, cooking and cleaning and all those things. Which, which is fine in and of itself, but then she reprimands Jesus. Martha, 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 why did you have to reprimand Jesus? She says, why isn't Mary helping me? And now we've said that, and our, our kids say that with chores. Why isn't such and such person doing this? And we say that even in ministry, you know, why isn't Tom Wing doing this or doing that? And... <laughs> Sorry, Tom. But Jesus graciously corrects her, and, and he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious 
and troubled. Some, some uh, other translations would say, you're worried and upset and distracted. You're fussing far too much. Or, I like this one, you're getting yourself worked up over nothing. About many things, but, many, but one thing is necessary. The one thing, that won't, the one thing that Mary has chosen is the good portion, which won't be taken away from her. So we see the same word as anxious. Martha was pulled in different directions, but she missed the one thing that was important, and that's spending time with Jesus and listening to him. And the point is, the key is for anxiety is that we don't miss our time with Jesus. So let's think about this for a second. What's making you anxious right now? What are you worried about right now? What's pulling you from spending time with Jesus? What's making you distracted or pulled apart? We can go to the next slide. Maybe it's worried, you're worried about your finances, your possessions. Uh, Maybe you're worried about health or fitness. Maybe you're worried about your relationships, your spouse, your kids, your parents, your friends, your coworkers. Or maybe for some here, you're worried about your legacy. I'm, I'm such and such years old, I haven't done anything, and that just gives me anxiety. And, and coincidentally, I don't know where the connection is, we tend to make resolutions about that, don't we? Those same things that we're anxious and worried about, we want to make resolutions for, and then a couple months later, we realize, oh, I haven't done that, I'll just wait till next year, right? So we don't need to be anxious, and uh, for, for further study, this is one of those, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step over here, this is a sidebar, if you want to you learn why you shouldn't be anxious, Matthew chapter 6, uh, Jesus talks about why you shouldn't be anxious, there's seven or eight reasons that you can come up from that, so if you want to jot that down for yourself, if, uh, if that's a, an area of your struggle, you, you're, you're not convinced that you shouldn't be anxious, uh, read Matthew chapter 6, and I'll just read verse 34 just to kind of prime us for, for the next part. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever wondered why you worry? Have you ever wondered why you get anxious about things? Now, Matt mentioned it, and he put it perfectly, and this is the short answer, is we put our confidence in something other than Jesus. And I'll say that again. We we get anxious, we get worried because we put our confidence into something other than Jesus. And now if we dig deeper, and and science supports this, is that it's usually due to uncertainty about something. You're uncertain about the future. You're uncertain about whether or not someone's going to come through to you. You lack trust in that thing or that person. I'm not sure if this is going to happen. And, and, And we know this, especially if we've driven any old cars. I used to drive a 1987 Nissan Maxima when I was in college. And that thing was old. And I had uncertainty all the time. Every time I got in the car, number one, I wasn't certain if it would start. I wasn't certain if I would break down. And I wasn't certain um, what would happen with it. So, so there's, there's that worry and anxiety that starts, it's birthed in some sort of uncertainty. And what happens, it leads you to think that you're lacking something. And it also leads you to be fearful of something. So for example, you know, you, then you, you're, you notice that, oh, I don't, have a, a job, or I don't have a spouse, or I don't have good kids, right, that, that, that listen to me. And then and you're fearful that um, I, I'm going to live out on the street, or I'm fearful of loneliness, I'm pe- fearful of people's view of you. And, and you know, most, most of what social anxiety is, is that we're afraid to be found out. You know, so 
So we put this, this persona out there for people, and, and I feel this sometimes, like what if they don't think I'm that smart? What if they don't think I have it all together? What if they don't think I'm a good parent? Now I'm gonna tell you guys, I'm not any of those things. So, so we'll, I'm just gonna alleviate your fears. Um, and, and it's okay to say that about yourself because we know in Jesus we are all those things. We can be all those things. So for some, I would also think too that there's, um, there's a control factor. So for some of us were control freaks, right? Um, and you want to be in control of all the details. And, and let me take that even further because there's also that thought, and, it's, and we won't ever say this out loud because it's almost blasphemous to say it, but we think it. And, and that thought is God doesn't care about the small details of my life. So why, why should I pray about uh, you know, what kind of car I drive or whether or not my car gets fixed? Why, sh- why, should I care, why should he care about what kind of job I am or how I res- you know, respond to my coworkers? So there's that prevailing thought sometimes that God isn't intimately uh, acquainted with all the details of our lives. And, and so what happens is we just think that we can do it ourselves. And, and, that's, that, and that's what leads to anxiety, folks, is that belief, that confidence that's shifted away from God and into our circumstances or even our own abilities. So I've read something um, in, my, in my study for this uh, called the worry cycle. And go ahead and bring up that, uh, that picture. I'm going to go back here. And this is just, a, it's, a, it's a basic illustration, and obviously there's more to it than this. Have you ever, it, it, some of you may have gotten caught in this, especially if you worry a lot or you're, you're typically an anxious person. So it usually starts with some kind of trigger. And I'll give you an example in a second. So that trigger could be you see something or something happens to you, and it usually leads to some sort of thoughts. And, th- and then those thoughts lead to some sort of bodily response and anxiety, like speeding heart rate or uh, your, your pulse, your breathing, all those things. And that leads to beliefs. And then what happens is you, you go round and round and round in a, in a circle. So here, here's, here's, here's what I'm talking about. So maybe, maybe let's say you're, you're called upon to preach up here one day. And, uh, and, and so the thought that, that's in your head is, well, what if I bomb this sermon and Matt says I'm not allowed to come back into, into infusion? Uh, now, now, I actually won't use that one, but, but let's, 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 use, uh, let's, let's use something else. So let's, let's say um, your kid acts up. So for those of you who are parents, your kid acts up, and, and they, they will, so it, it's, it's inevitable. Uh, so that's, that's the trigger, because <laughs> our kids are very good triggers, right? Uh, so thoughts go through our head is, why can't I get him or her to behave, right? And, and, then, and then you're seeing a pattern, then, then the anxiety starts to set in, right? Oh, man, every single time he or she does this, your heart starts racing, you can start getting angry, you get stressed out. And then it leads you to believe, maybe I'm not a good parent, or maybe I got a defective one, you know, or, or maybe anything like that. And then, and then it goes to, and it goes back to it, and you, you're in that endless, vicious cycle of thinking things through. So, so what happens? You overanalyze it, you keep analyzing it, or you talk to somebody until you, you get a resolution, until you get another trigger. Now, we're really good at this because uh, for those of you uh, who remember junior high school or high school, uh, we did this all the time. And, well, I, I did this all the time. I can't speak for you, but uh, I, I, uh, I would say such and such girl, would, I would pass her in the hall or in the classroom. Her hair brushed up on me, and I would say, she likes me. 
the thought in my head. And so, you know, so I'm getting anxiety of it and I'm starting to believe it. And then all of a sudden, something else happens. She didn't say hi to me in the hallway. She doesn't like me anymore. And then, and then the cycle goes over and over. You guys tracking with me? That's, that's a Chandler line. But uh, uh, we, we're really good at making up things in, in our minds, aren't we? We're really good at doing simulations, and we're really good at creating worst-case scenarios for us. But maybe, maybe, maybe you're not that kind of person. Maybe, um, maybe you don't worry about stuff like finances or... or, or kids or anything like that. It may be social anxiety, um, which is essentially the, uh, that, the, same, the same thing. The social anxiety or worry that's kind of tearing you apart, it's distracting you. You want to have people in your life, but you don't know how to get them there. Or you don't know how to keep them there. And, and, and I struggle with this. And I actually had this uh, scenario happen to me. Uh, uh, and this happens to me actually quite a lot. So, uh, so a couple years ago, I, uh, I, I work at a, a, a payroll company, and I was working with this, with this woman who had left the company. And uh, her and I were, were, you know, were acquaintances, we weren't friends, but we worked a lot together. So she came back a year later, and she said hello uh, from afar, and she came over. Now, as she's walking down the hall, I, I, I'm starting to get worried and anxious. Now, why would I get worried and anxious? Well, the reason I was getting worried and anxious, and these are the thoughts that were going through my mind, was do I hug or do I shake her hand? You guys know what I'm talking about? And, and I actually had this with Sharia before. Um, cause I saw, her, saw Sharia, and, and I went in for the hug, and she shook my hand. I said, oh. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, and this is exactly what happened to me, too, uh, a couple years ago, because I, I went in for the hug. I thought that was the protocol. And then a week later, I go in for the hug again, and she shakes, she puts out her hand, stabs my stomach, and now I don't know what to do, guys. Um, so, so if if it will help me if you guys just tell me what you prefer. If you prefer a handshake, just let me know. If you prefer a hug, let me know that as well. Uh, but but these are some of the things. I know it's kind of funny. I'm making light of myself, but these are the things that some people worry about, um, and it and it really distracts them. Which is why they don't go out and meet people, which is why like, when they say, go, sh go stand and shake someone's hand, you're like, okay, I'll shake your hand, but I'm not going to talk to you um, because I'm worried, I'm distracted because of something inside. And, 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 and whether it's finances or whether it's something like social anxiety, the cure is still the same, guys. You can present those requests to the Lord, and he can help you through that. So, so as far as breaking the cycle from, from anxiety to beliefs, it starts in your thoughts. It starts in our beliefs, and it starts with, with this. It starts with acknowledging that our anxiety, our hang-ups, our worries, is because of sin. That's, 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 that's the gospel message, right? It's because of sin that this is even happening. But it's also remembering, it's thinking and believing that Jesus has rescued you from sin because of what he's done on the cross, it's the belief that God is bigger than any of our concerns, that he can address any of our concerns. It's knowing that the Holy Spirit of God is working in our lives daily to transform us and that we're capable of being free from anxiety. And it's the belief, guys, that God has a bigger purpose for our struggles. We don't think that in, in that time, but he has a bigger purpose for our struggles, for his mission and his glory and fame. So we talked about Mary and Martha before. 
And let's unpack this a little bit more. And, and we can go to the next slide. So the key to breaking anxiety starts in our thoughts in our mind. And it starts with having a Mary before Martha mindset. Here's what I mean. If you spend time with Jesus and then go to work, your work is going to be that much more productive. If you worship, then work, you're going you're gonna to feel less anxiety. I, I've seen it happen over and over. I don't know how this happens. It's just one of those things that it does. Now, for those of you who are planners and you have a to-do list, if you put Jesus at the bottom of your to-do list, which we often do, and we procrastinate, I'll spend time with God later after I check my, my, my Twitter feed or after I check this or I do my emails. If you put Jesus last on your to-do list, you'll never get to him. And that's, and that's true. It's true with anything that you don't put priority to, you're never going to get to it. And, and the thought here is if you have a Mary before Martha mindset, you sit at the feet of Jesus, you're hearing from him, you're talking to him, then you can go to work. He's going to empower you in ways that you've never imagined. Now, let's flip that. Let's say you have a Martha before Mary mindset. What ends up happening there is you're going to be resentful, not only to, to God, but you're going to be resentful of other people. Why isn't, you know, why isn't Jonathan doing what he's supposed to do? Why isn't Tom doing what he's supposed to do? Why isn't Matt doing what he's supposed to do? Why am I doing everything? That creates resentment. But if you worship and then work, you're going you're gonna to see a lot, a lot more difference. So what's it mean not to be anxious? It's a command, really, from, from Paul to stop letting the things of this world pull us apart from God. And, and, it's, and it's interesting sometimes with, with, uh, the, with the Scriptures, when you read them, you see a don't do something and you focus on that. But he does give a, he does give a what you should do. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So scripture gives us that, that need to what to do. So let me, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So, um, so we, we all know and love Matt. So go, everyone go ahead and look at Matt. He's all, all the way in the back there. Okay, so now look back at me. So I want you not to think about Matt for a second. Okay? So I want you not to think about him. Actually, I actually don't want you to think about him with a, go, uh, uh, with a tattoo on his face like Mike Tyson. So, so don't think about that. Whatever you do, don't think about Matt with a tattoo on his face like Mike Tyson. Go ahead and put up this, this slide. And <laughs> don't think about that. Don't think about that. Now, that's really hard because this, that's the thing that you're going to do. You're going to think about that. Now, rather, I actually want you to think about Tom Wing. So let everyone look at Tom Wing. I don't want you to focus on Matt anymore. He's not, he's not, he's not in the picture anymore. I want you to think about Tom Wing. Now, I don't want you to think about Tom Wing uh, over there uh, holding his, his child. I want you to think about Tom Wing without his signature goatee. Let's go ahead and put up the next slide instead. So, so you guys see what I'm talking about? Now you're not thinking about Matt. You're, th you're thinking about Tom. Same thing here. When it says don't be anxious about anything, people get hung up on that, don't they? They're like, and that actually makes them more anxious. When I say don't be anxious, you're going to start getting anxious. But, it, but if you focus on, but in everything by prayer, that's the key, folks. We're not focused on, on Matt. We're focused on Tom. We're focused on prayer, by prayer and supplication. So don't get hung up on the don't be anxious part because that's going to get you more anxious. But rather, focus on praying, 
And let me take it one step further. Focus on who you're praying to. All right? Because, yeah, okay, you can sit there and you can pray. You know, dear God, dear Lord. But you're checking off a box. And it's going to be empty. But if you don't believe the person you're praying to, if you don't believe the God in heaven who saved you from your sins, who can free you from anxiety or whatever hang-ups, whatever struggles you're going through, you're going to miss the boat. So yeah, don't focus on the anxiety part, but focus on Jesus and talking to him. And Matt reminded us that last time when he said to practice the presence of Jesus. It's first cultivating the awareness that he's with you. Emmanuel, let's not forget that. God with us. So we can practice the presence of Jesus by praying. So it says, let's go to the next slide, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So I looked up the Greek word for everything, and guess what? It means everything. That means nothing is off limits. That means your finances are not off limits. Your relationships are not off limits. Your uh, inability to determine whether or not you should hug or handshake someone is not off limits. Everything can be prayed to Jesus. And prayer is a dependence on God and not ourselves. It's that admission that we can't do it. It's an admission that there is uncertainty, as we talked about before, but he knows the future and that we're going to trust him. It also means taking the time to pray. We talked about the Mary before Martha mindset. And I would encourage you if, uh, to start your day off by praying. There's a, there's a song we used to sing in, in, uh, in youth group um, by Rich Mullins called Step by Step. I don't know if anyone knows that song. We'll, we'll never sing it here, so don't worry about that. Um, but I love that song. It helped me through, through those formative years um, and the song goes like this. I'm not going to sing it, but the words go, Oh God, you are my God. And this was from the Psalms. And I will ever praise you. I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways. And step by step, you'll lead me, and I'll follow you all of my days. And I will follow. No, we won't go that far. But, and step by step, you'll lead me. Do you, do you feel like you need that? You feel like that anxiety is crippling you? Step by step, he'll lead you. But it really does start with, oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. I will seek you in the morning. And we, we, uh, Matt talked before about uh, making resolutions. And, uh, and obviously, making prayer one of your top resolutions, absolutely uh, imperative. But I would, I would take that even one step further. If you do have resolutions, so let's say you do have that, uh, I want to lose 50 pounds this, this year. And, and, and of course, you know, with resolutions, you want to make something that's attainable. That's, uh, that's free advice. But, uh, but as far as resolutions, I would encourage you to pray those resolutions over to God constantly. Because if this is an area that you're really focused on and you really want to do better at, whether it's making new friends, maybe it's uh, finding a different job, whatever it is, pray those things. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. And that word supplication is a request or a petition. So we're acknowledging who we are before him. But let's not forget, folks, we're in a community together. And so we can actually make supplication, requests, petitions on each other's behalf. There's so much power in praying for each other. And that's what we do on Tuesdays here, folks. I know we're going we're gonna to go back to that um, once the new year starts. But I want to encourage us to pray for each other but we also got to make our requests known to each other um, as well. So 
let's, let's move on to the next slide. So it says, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And we forget this point sometimes. And, and here's, here's the interesting thing. We were talking about Mary and Martha. And what happens in prayer sometimes is we treat God like a genie or a personal assistant, right? So I have this thing I want you to do, and I need you to do this thing, and I need you to do this and this thing. So we actually, as a matter of fact, we actually go into a Martha mindset in our prayers. Think about that. So I need you to do this, I need you to do that, I need you to do that, instead of having a worshipful mindset, one that starts with uh, acknowledging who we are and, and being thankful. So don't just make your requests known, but realize and reflect on what you already have. And, and when I got here to San Diego uh, a year and a half ago, I, I would go on runs, and I would just look at the beauty that it is in San Diego. And now, I don't know if you've ever been to New Jersey, so I can actually talk trash about New Jersey a little bit. Uh, it is nothing like San Diego as far as the view. And so, so you folks here in the room, uh, you have so much to be thankful for. And I just put three pictures up here. You have infusion to be thankful for, folks. You have a group of people who love Jesus and who love you, who care for you. And I've seen so many evidences of people taking care of other people right here in this very room. Now, you also have the beautiful weather. And, and forget about the fact that it rained the last couple of days. Most of the year, it doesn't rain. And, and it's funny when you guys call it storms. That's cute. That's really cute. <laughs> storms. This severe thunder. No, it's not. And then finally, you have the fact that you can eat carne asada fries anytime you want to. You can't get that in New Jersey, guys. So you have so much to be thankful for. And, and, and if, you're, if your resolution is to eat better, forget that last point. But you have so much to be thankful for. And even more than that, folks, you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. God loves you despite your hang-ups. And God is working things out for our good and his glory. So you have that to be thankful for. And we can be thankful when things are falling apart. And, and, it's, and when you're stressed out, it's really hard to be grateful, isn't it, for the things that you have? Because you're focused on what's ahead. You're pulled apart, right? And, and it's funny because uh, for those of you who are kids, and we see some kids right here, I, I have to remind my kids all the time, don't forget to say thank you. And I said, what do you say? What do you say? And, and you know what? I think it's a good practice if we started saying that to each other or started saying that to ourselves. Don't forget to say thank you. So just, just mull that over. With thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And, and Matt asked this question three months ago, and I'll ask it again. What are you thanking God for this week? Take a second. You don't have to shout out the answer. What are you thanking for God for this week? Maybe it's family. Maybe it's the fact that you have a working car. Maybe it's the fact that you have a job. Maybe it's the fact that you're part of this church. What are you thankful for this year? You know, so we can focus a lot on the bad and why 2016 was the worst year ever. Well, there were a lot of good things that happened. And we want to focus on, on those things. But I encourage you to see the evidence of God's grace in our lives. And, and so we get to, let's, let's go to the next slide, and the peace of God. And I want to spend very quickly uh, just one or two insights on, on this, this part of it. One of the names that Jesus was called, and we remember this from Christmas, is the Prince of Peace. I'm reminded of this each, each Christmas, and I want to say that Jesus is our peace um, and the extent in which you believe that what Jesus has done is going to be how you experience that peace. But I want to, I want to uh, target another part of this because in the beginning of Paul's epistles, his letters, 
he always starts it with grace and peace. You guys ever notice that? Grace and peace, they're usually together. And, and, and here's the, here's the uh, insight that I came up when, when reading that. God's grace comes, from, comes before God's peace. God's grace comes before God's peace. You can't experience the peace of God until you know the grace of God. So understanding the gospel message, which is a display of grace, will help you understand the peace of God. And we've seen people go through some really tough things here and experience the peace of God. And, and the next part of that, it says it surpasses all understanding. Now, I don't want you guys to get this confused with the, 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 the notion that there is peace that comes from understanding. There's peace that comes from understanding. But we're not talking about that right now. If I understand something, I have certainty over it. So I'm going to have a, a certain level of peace. But the peace of God surpasses all understanding. And, and that means we are committing our, our situations to him. We are uh, telling him these, uh, these things, even though we don't know what the outcome is going to be. Now, I just personally, for myself, we have a, a situation where we have to find new uh, people to live in our house. It's going to be hard to float two mortgages here, you know. Um, so, but we're trusting God in this right now. So if you know anyone in New Jersey who's looking for a place, let me know. But, uh, but faith is a, 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 an important component here because we're such an instant gratification. We, we Google things that we want to know the answer to right now. We ask Siri what, what the answer to this is. And with this, the piece that surpasses understanding, we're kind of flying without a net. So faith is an important part in trusting in, in God with this. And the last part of this verse says, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And Paul knew a thing or two about guards. He was chained to one. He was a prisoner. So when he talks about that, there's no getting to Paul without the guard knowing about it. So no one can get in. And it says hearts and minds. I know some people here, you're, you're heart people. You feel things. Now, on the other hand, there's some people here who are thinkers, your mind people. Now, it says here both, and we're reminded in Scripture to love the Lord your God with our hearts and minds and souls. We're exhorted in Romans to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Okay, you guys know this, right? So help me out. We are to keep our hearts with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And and, and the key point that I want to bring up here is your hearts and your minds are where your thoughts and beliefs come from. And the peace of God guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, and prayer allows that to happen. So Paul encourages us to change our thoughts from our circumstances to Jesus. So let's get to the last verse here, and I love this last verse. We're not going to have time to unpack this, but here's, here, here's this verse right here, and, I, and I'm going to read it for us again. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise or praiseworthy, think about these things. It's a command, folks, to have our minds be filled with these things because when you think about these things, you won't go near anxiety, but it's a discipline. But you can also do it, as I said before, because Jesus has given you victory and the power of the Holy Spirit can give you this and help you overcome your anxiety. Now, let me, let me help you. Uh, this is an illustration that helped me out, and I'm going to share it with you. I want you to think about your hearts and minds. 
right now, okay? So just think about your hearts and minds, and I know it's an abstract concept, right? So think of your hearts and minds, but I want you to think of your hearts and minds as a family, okay? And in that family, there's eight people. So let's, let's go to the next slide. I was, like, I was thinking, where's there a family with eight people? Um, that one, okay, so the wings. Okay, so, so the wings have uh, eight people as of 2017. Well, they'll have eight, eight, eight people. And, and in that family, they're not going to have any more, right? We're, we're not going to have any more, right? So we, we're going we're to stop at eight. And I want you to think of your hearts and minds like that. But in, this, in your hearts and minds, which is this family, it's, it, you're only going to have these folks in there. So we're not going to have Tom Wing in there. We're going to have True Wing. We're not going to have Julia Wing. We're going to have Just Wing. We're going to have Pure Wing. We're going to have Lovely Wing. We're going to have Commendable Wing. We're going to have Excellence Wing. We're, and in 2017, we will have Praiseworthy Wing. So think about that for a second. No one can get into this family. No one can get into your hearts and minds. So think of it like, like that. Now, Who's going to make sure that they're not there? Well, the peace of God is. So I want you to now think of uh, Josh or, or Matt Nick's big bouncer dudes. They're guarding the wing family. So if, if my family, the Ings, want to, want to join their family, the, the wingings, right? Uh, Josh and Matt are not going to let them. So so we're only going to have true wing and honorable wing and praiseworthy wing. We're not going to... We're not going to let in worrying. We're not going to wor- let in stressing. We're not going to let in complaining or what if-ing. These are only going to be the people in the wing family. Think about that. And, and study these words. And we don't have time to unpack that. Do you also see how these words describe Jesus? He's true. He's pure, he's honorable, he's praiseworthy, he's lovely, he's all of these things. So when you think on these things, you're thinking about him. Let's go to the, the next slide. Oh, before, the one before that. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. So a quick note for, for those of you who are really struggling with some tough situations that are causing you true anxiety and leading you down a road of depression. Because anxiety does lead to depression if it's not checked. God's given us the gift of medicine. He's also given us the gift of counseling and therapy and all those things. And we, we believe that it has its place. But please, folks, don't let that replace a relationship with the gift giver. Don't let that replace what relationship you have with Jesus. So a, a good technique I've read about handling anxiety is to know what strategies you'll use before going through that situation. So you're, so you're not waiting until it happens, because you'll revert to what, what, what you know, which is, I'm just going to be anxious about everything. But resolve now. Make the resolution today that when anxiety or worry creep up on you, ask these questions. Will you remember the need for God? Will you remember what he's done for you? Will you remember that you can be victorious because he's defeated sin once and for all? And will you cling to the hope that he's given to you because he's defeated sin once and for all? So my final point here today 
is I want you to, to picture what this looks like, not just for you personally, but what this would look like for us as a church and the, the church as a whole. Because God is working uh, through the church to reach the world that does not know him. And I, and, and I wonder what the world is looking at this year with, in regards to the church. Because if you think about it, you hear it all the time, the world wants to know how the church handles anxiety and worry because they're looking for peace. We're always talking about peace. But we can show them what the peace of God looks like. So let's actually go to the next, uh, we only have two more slides in case you're wondering, okay? So, um, so a lot of you have probably seen these shows, right? Um, Fixer Upper, Extreme Makeover, Home Edition, it's not on anymore, but, but I, I love those shows. I used to watch them all the time. And, uh, and, and so what would happen, in case you're not familiar with the, with the show, is they'll renovate your house or renovate a house, and then they'll, what, what they'll usually do, at least in uh, home makeovers, they'll send the family and the kids to Disney World, and they're just having so much fun, and they're building their house, they're renovating their house, and then they bring them back. And what they'll do is they'll usually put them behind something, either a bus or a picture of their old house, and they'll close their eyes or whatever the case is. And, and here, here's what happens. Before they go to commercial break, which is really annoying, by the way, uh, <laughs> really is, right? Uh, so they'll say the three magic words, move that bus. Right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Move that bus, or they'll, they'll reveal it. And right before they go to commercial, you see their faces. They don't, you don't see the house. You see the faces, right? And, and here's, the, here's the funny thing, is they stay on the faces and the reaction of the crowd. They don't focus on the house yet. And, 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 you, see, and you see, let's go to the next uh, slide. This is what you see. You see, this is worship, guys. This is joy. They, they're going through some tough things, if you've seen some of these stories. They're going through some very tough situations. And here's the point for us, and I don't want you guys to miss this. The world can't see God, but they can see us. They can see our face. They can see how we handle adversity. They can see how we handle our anxiety and our worry. And for parents, your kids are looking at you. The kids are looking at us. And if they see people who are stressed out all the time, worried about things and not by all things in, in prayer and supplication, they're going to see that. Imagine what this looks like. When we show those around us, especially those don't know, who don't know Jesus, this kind of worship in spite of our circumstances. And I'm not saying uh, it's, it's not okay to be, you know, to cry out and to be pain, you know, to, to, to have pain. And I'm not saying fake this either. But when you truly understand who God is and you worship him for who he is, this is something that, we, that the world can see. So we, we talked about Jesus winning and anxiety losing. So we can rest today knowing that the score is Jesus won million, billion, and anxiety zero because he's won for us. Amen? Let's pray. God, we are in awe of who you are, not because of all the things that you've done for us, we, we are in awe of that, but because you care for us, that you came to this world to save sinners of who, of who we are, one of the, some of the worst, but yet you extend your grace to us 
and you've given your peace to us. And God, I pray for our church. I pray for each individual here who may struggle with anxiety, either on a very severe level or even on a very small level. And I pray your peace upon them. I pray that they know the power that you have. I pray that this year would be a year that we would pray not only by ourselves but with each other even more so than anything else. But I pray that we would live lives that worship you, that honor you, that we can see others know you, not because of what we do, but because of who you are. God, I pray that you would minister to us who are hurting. I pray that you would calm the storms, that you would give us the faith that we don't have. And I pray that ultimately, God, you would be glorified, that your name would be higher than any other name, that we would know that you're victorious because your word says that at every knee, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Help us to be mindful of these things. And we thank you for this time that we hear your word. That may it not be something that we hear one time and it's over, but it would lead to more study, that it would lead to more discussion in our, in our, our community groups and in our DNA groups, but that we would uh, fall more in love with you today. And may 2017 be the year that we, as Infusion Church, as individuals, as Christians, know you that much more. And we pray these things in your name. With your heads still bowed.